Good morning, everyone. Pastor Tim here at Faith Community, and I welcome you to this worship service. How good it is to be gathered once more together in the house of God, our hearts all united, and especially on this Mother's Day. And I want to give a special shout out, if you will, to all of our mothers. How special you are in the sight of God and in our sight. And I want you to know how much you are loved today, how much you are appreciated. And I realize these are difficult times. And always Mother's Day has been something that has weighed upon my heart because I know out there there's joy for a lot of us as we think about our moms. But I also know that there are many out there whose moms are missing, who's been uh, on a journey, and they have left to be with Jesus. I know there are others out there who've not had a pleasant experience when they think about their moms. There's maybe even some irreconcilable differences that are there. And yet there are other ladies out there that have not been able to have children. And I know that these kinds of moments always weigh on the hearts of people. And now you factor in this pandemic where a lot of us can't today reach out and hug our moms or touch our moms or be with our moms on this day. And uh, truly, I know that these are challenging days in which we live. And so I pray for you today that you will truly have the hope and the peace and the rest of Jesus. May this day be full of joy for you. May it be redeemed in this uncertain time. Now, there's a word for you, uncertain. I've heard the word uncertain more in the last few days and weeks than maybe all my life. I've heard a lot of people speaking the word uncertain. I've used the word uncertain. I've heard our good governor share words uncertain. And yet, when you stop and think about it, all of life is uncertain, is it not? I mean, life has never been easy. Life is not risk-free. There's always been things about life that are uncertain. Since the beginning of recorded history, life, we know, has had these moments of great peril and great uh, uh, perplexing moments where we didn't know what was going to happen. We think about the wars of history, World War II and the Vietnam era. We think about uh, the Hundred Year War. And how about those famines, the the potato famine, that Irish potato famine. How about the other kinds of pestilence that have visited our world? Everything from the bubonic plague called Black Death of the Middle Ages to yellow fever, Spanish flu, polio, Ebola, the AIDS epidemic, and now we can add to that this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. You could add countless other kinds of things in life that really remind us that life is full of uncertainty. And in fact, we're living in a world today where everything is possible and nothing is certain. A couple of years ago, I remember a missionary couple that were coming back to the States, and there was another family in the church, this couple that were really sensing in their spirit that God was calling them to the mission field. And they were praying and prepping and thinking and exploring where it would be that God would be calling them. And uh, they invited this couple over. 
that had just got back to the States that had really uh, been out for several years on the mission field serving the Lord, and they wanted to pick their brain. They wanted to hear their story. They wanted to see how it was that God worked in their life, and yet they were also wanting to share what God was doing and make sense out of the call that they were sensing in their life. And so they met with this couple, and they kept expressing obstacles. They kept talking about, yes, we hear this call, but life is uncertain right now. And they said, my husband has just been diagnosed with MS, and, and we're told that we don't know what this is going to mean for our future. We're told we don't know if he's going to be immobilized. We don't know if there's going to be additional illness that he's going to battle. We don't know if his life is going to be ended abruptly. And, and this couple that was hearing them talk for these two hours kept hearing the word uncertain, uncertain uncertain. And finally, they said to this couple, you know, all of our lives are uncertain. You just happen to know it, and most of us don't. I wonder today if you know just how uncertain life is and how much you need a Savior. You need a shepherd. Now, there's a tale, a story from the first century that may be apocryphal, but it's a story that really says about the unknown territory of the world. You see, back then, when a lot of the world had yet to be explored, it was largely unmapped and had not been investigated, the map makers needed to portray these areas with some type of symbol, and so they would use things like dragons and pictures of large fish, and they would use things like monsters to kind of note these are areas that we haven't ventured into, and the message was clear. Don't go into these areas because they might hold some very dangerous things. They, they have not been explored and don't go there. And so the story is out of those early centuries that a Roman commander and his troops got involved in a skirmish in a battle and it caused them to venture into one of these unknown territories. And they didn't know what to do. They were perplexed. Should we forge forward? Should we move on into the unknown with all of the possibilities that might harm us? Or do we tuck our tails and return to their own territory? And so it is said that he sent a messenger back to Rome with these urgent uh, requests. Please send new orders for we have marched off the map. I don't know about you, friends, but in recent times... Even before this pandemic, I've been feeling in my soul that I've been marching off the map. And I'm talking about add any map you want to add, the technological map, the information highway map, the virtual map, the political map, the environmental map, the economic map. Add any kind of map you want, the church map. And it just feels like in my soul that there's this overwhelming uncertainty swirling about us. And I want to ask you today, how do you navigate these times? How is it that you move through the troubled waters? How is it that you face the unknown? I want to direct your attention today back to the Psalms. We're in this series right now that I'm calling A Season with the Psalms. And I don't know what it is about these 150 songs, these wonderful words that have been put together that just help the soul to soar. 
It touches us in the depths of our being. It soothes the heart. And today I want to call your attention to a very special psalm, one that I'm sure you're familiar with, as Bonnie has read to us Psalm 23. I find it has comforted more hearts, it's dried more tears, it soothed more souls than perhaps any other passage out of God's word. And today, I believe we can turn to these six verses here in this psalm and we can find a special meal as a disciple today. We can find a special word from the Lord today that can really give us hope and peace. And so I want us to turn our attention to this marvelous psalm. Now, this is the first sermon I want you to know that I ever preached. I was invited to my home church one time to share the message as a young man, and this was the sermon that was laid on my heart, this Psalm 23. Someone had given to me a pamphlet by Charles Allen, uh, a great pastor in our Methodist tradition, and he wrote this pamphlet, The Lord is My Shepherd, and he spelled out in riveting detail the incredible truths out of Psalm 23. And I remember him telling the story of how there was a gentleman in his church that was really going through a difficult time. He was really down and out of sorts. He felt in despair. He had been to his doctor. He had sought the help of friends. He had tried different techniques, but he was so ridden with anxiety, and he was so really almost depressed and not knowing what to do. He turned to his pastor, and Dr. Allen listened to him and, and heard his story and prescribed to him at the end of their time together, I want you to go home. And I want you to read Psalm 23. I want you to read Psalm 23, not once, but I want you to read it several times a day, morning, noon, and night. And I want you to do that for seven days. And at the end of seven days, next week, I want you to come back and we'll talk about it. The man went home and did that. He came back and he was a changed person. It, Alan said, well, what happened? He said, well, I've read these Psalms and all of a sudden, I realized something great. I realized the Lord is my shepherd. I realized I have joy. I have hope. I have rest. I have peace. For God provides for me in all ways in life. It renewed the man's hope. And folks, I believe it can do the same for you today. There is power in this psalm today. Now, I find in this psalm, as you think about it, it really comes from two key words. It's the word though and the word through. And it's essentially the same word, except there's a letter missing in the one word, and it's the letter R. That one little letter can make all the difference in the world. I mean, it's the letter that can turn your those in life to your throughs. It's the bridge that can help you overcome and maneuver the rapids of life that we are swirling in today. And so I know there are lots of anxious people today. There are lots of people that are saying, oh, I can't have the wedding that I was planning. I can't do my baptism like I had envisioned. I can't have the family reunion like we do every year. I can't have this, I can't do that. And, and all of us every day are absorbing the impact that this 
pandemic has kind of brought onto our lives, and our lives are really in alien territory, is it not? We're off the map. We are like in this unknown time. But Psalmist David here, as you reread and reread and, and soak in this message, you find Psalmist David here, he's concluding here at the end after reflecting upon all of life, he's not worried in the slightest. In fact, he knew the dangers were going to be lurking. He knew there were going to be the wild beast of the field that might come upon his flock. He knew that there were going to be these cliffs that we're going to go to and one of the little lambs might fall over. He knew that life isn't all loaded tables. He knew that it was inevitable. There were going to be valleys that we were going to have to move through, even the valley of death. And yet here, listen to these words again. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about that wonderful verse of Scripture. Now, there's some truths here that I want to quickly raise to your attention. And one is this. It says here, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. And you know, here's a first point that I want to make about this, and that is, you know, God is watching over you. Do you know that? God is watching over us. Because God is good, you can expect his provisions to be extended because God is a loving God and watching over us, you can expect his protection. You can assume that no matter what happens, God will bring good out of us somehow. It, it can always be turned around for your good, whatever happens. It can be turned around for the good of others. It can be turned around for the good of the kingdom of God. In, in Psalm 145, the Lord watches over all who love him. God, do you know, cares about the details of your life? You know, there in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talking and saying, well, God takes care of the lilies of the field and the sparrows of the air, and he's even got the hairs on your head numbered. How much he is going to take care of you. And like a parent, like a loving mom, she will provide for her children also, God, like a heavenly parent, is going to watch over us. He says, I will be like a parent, and surely goodness is going to follow you. And what does he mean by that? Now, obviously here, David had disappointments in life. Uh, not everything in life was good that happened to him. He's not saying surely good things are only going to happen, but he's saying here that, you know, there could be some bad things. After all, bad things happen to good people, but... But the Lord is going to be there to redeem. The Lord is going to be there to watch over and to help. And there's no difficulty that we cannot overcome. There's no dilemma. There's no defeat. There's no disaster in life that our God, our good shepherd, can't come in and redeem and bring some good out of it. You know, I'm a picky eater, I've told people. I can remember, for example, as a kid, I hated onions. Anything that had to do with onions, I just thought it tasted terrible, an old onion. I remember the scene, what was it, in the Grinch movie where the Grinch grabs an onion and just starts eating it? And I'm thinking, you know, why would I want to munch around on an old onion? 
But the older I got, I realized how the onion could redeem a sandwich or a casserole or, or a salad and just bring out the flavor in such a wonderful way. And in like manner today, I believe that even with the free will that God has given to us where we make mistakes and we stumble and there's a possibility of harm, think of the power in that, how God can allow that and yet reach in and bring about good. From, from the ashes there can be glory. Oftentimes it is difficult, I realize and acknowledge, to see God's goodness in life when there is tragedy. There are times when you feel like, where is God? Even Jesus there on the cross as he's hearkening back to that Psalm 22. Where are you? Why God? Why God have you forsaken me? And we go through those experiences in life and we say, why? And we don't see goodness immediately in a situation, but it's only later as you look back in a 50,000-foot view, you realize, you know, God was there all along. And these are difficulties that we face, even really terrible things, like the Lord went to the cross, but look at the redemption that was brought about. Secondly, we find here in this text that grace is working in you. Not only is God watching over you, but it says here, mercy is also going to follow you all the days of your life. Now, Psalm 60 and verse 10 says, I will have mercy on you through my grace. And mercy means that when you're going through a tough time, even if you brought on yourself things, God is there to help you out. Even when you make mistakes, even in your bumbling around and stumbling, mercy, like goodness, is going to follow us through life. Now, you can just picture a parent today that is following a child around, picking up after them. Uh, we think of on these Mother's Day, we just think of how much moms, the hard work and all that they do and how they look after in so many ways. We think of the long nights and and the difficult moments in life, and, and how oftentimes our kids blow it, how oftentimes we blow it in life. We make mistakes, and yet God is behind us picking up the pieces. God's mercy is there, his grace to sustain us and to help us. Mercy, he says here, will follow you all the days of your life. Not some of the days, but all of your days. There's no surprising here in the Bible that it uses the word surely. It carries the connotation here of only. Only goodness, only mercy is going to follow those who follow the Lord. Now, I know Christians today go to the future, not with a question mark, but as we move into our future, folks, we have an exclamation point that is there. Goodness is that God gives us good things that we don't deserve, and mercy is that God holds back the condemnation that we do deserve, and we need them both in life. Keep in mind today that sheep are led, cattle is driven. I mean, the difference is that sheep are led from the front, and the shepherd is out in front of the flock leading and guiding. Cattle are driven from behind to keep them moving ahead. If you go to the Middle East, for example, you'll see a 
shepherd out in front of the sheep, and then you'll notice a couple of sheepdogs, maybe in the back, and, and they're barking and they're moving around. They're keeping everyone in the flock. They're there to kind of help. And, you know, I kind of think of this phrase here, the goodness of God and the mercy of God being these sheepdogs that are riding our coattails. They're there along with the shepherd. They're nipping at our tails. They're keeping us in line. They're keeping us safe so we won't get lost. Keeping us in the flock. And you see, goodness and mercy are going to guide and lead us and help us in these uncertain days. But then finally, I want to share with you this last phrase that we discover here in this text. Not only here do we find that God is watching over you and grace is working in you, but we also find glory waiting for us. For he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, that's one of the most important connections I find in all of the Bible. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I mean, it connects yesterday with today and tomorrow. God says, I've got this great life plan for you, and surely goodness and mercy is going to follow you all throughout your life, but that's not the end. I've got something else, and it kind of builds toward this crescendo, and David ends his psalm by saying, we're going to go to the tabernacle of God. We're going to go into the presence of God, and we're going to be there. And, and Jesus saves this best to last here, that with God, it just keeps getting better and better, that you can have life here now that's fulfilling, that's purpose-driven, that's hopeful. You can have life that's eternal right now, and that even when our bodies fail us, the grave has been conquered, and you can go forth, and you can be with the Lord. You can share eternity with Jesus, with your loved ones, with others that have given their life unto the Lord. And to him here, this, this Lord's house was not simply a thing of the future, but it was a possibility of the present. Now, in another psalm, he talks of the dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. And yet, even in another uh, psalm, he employs the noble word, one thing have I desired of the Lord, he writes, that will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So what is the house of God? But it's the presence of God in the tabernacle of our Lord. I trust today that you have the shepherd leading your life. You know, in the American Sign Language, I am told that the R is really made by, by crossing that middle finger with the index finger. That stands for the letter R. And I know a lot of times we've heard in life that this is a sign of luck, or maybe when someone tells a lie, they'll cross their finger. But really, the history of this crossing the finger goes back to the early church. A lot of research is, is really indicating that that's where it first came from. The crossing of the finger. It had nothing to do with luck, 
but it had everything to do as a sign or symbol for the early church that they were trusting in God. And I want to challenge you today to go through this, this season of our lives together by crossing your finger. Christus victor, as they said, may Christ be victorious in your life. May the Lord today be victorious in your life. This is what the cross finger really means, my friend. The difference that turns our those in life to our throughs, the way we are going to get through this, is with our Savior leading our lives. Now, let me summarize this psalm maybe in another way. If you just kind of look at these verses, I, I, I know here that it says, I know the shepherd. I have no reason to fear anything. I, I don't need to fear poverty because the Lord is my shepherd. He's going to provide. I have everything I need. I don't need to fear loneliness and isolation and separation for he is with me. I, I don't need to fear mistakes for he guides me. He's going to be there to guide me through the right paths. I don't need to fear failure for he restores my soul. I, I don't need to fear the future because goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. I don't even need to fear death because I will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. God is beneath me in the green pastures. He's beside me in the still waters. He's with me in the valleys. He's around me in the presence of my enemies. He is upon me, anointing my head with oil, bringing his healing. He's before me, leading me in the path of righteousness. He's behind me. He's even beyond me in heaven. What more today could you want? I want to pray for you today. And maybe you have never really said yes to the Savior. Maybe you are just kind of wandering about today and you don't have that shepherd. You don't have that, that, that guide to lead you. Oh, God stands today, my friends, in that position to receive you into the flock into the family of God, how he loves you, his goodness and mercy will follow you if you'll only come to him. And I want to pray right now that you on this Mother's Day would accept Christ, Jesus as your Savior. And so let us pause for prayer. Oh, holy God, we thank you so much today that we can turn to you in life, that we don't have to go it alone that we don't have to stew in our emotions and in all of the perplexing times that we face. We don't have to, uh, to be isolated and abandoned, but that we can know you are with us. And Lord, I pray today for those who really are struggling. They made a mess of their life, and Lord, they want to come to you for redemption. And I just pray right now, God, as they are praying as they are seeking you that your spirit would work in their hearts and life that you lord would just bless them that they might receive you confess their sins and follow faithfully after you and be welcomed in to the flock bless us we pray bless our mothers we pray our families today in these days May your peace prevail, for we pray this in the name of our good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Amen.